This is where it gets really weird. About two years later, my grandmother had passed away and I went to visit my grandfather and I came with two of my friends. And we walked into the living room, the three of us, and there sitting in my grandmother's chair was my grandmother's ghost, just sitting forward watching the TV. And the three of us looked at each other and ran out of the room. Hello there, and welcome to episode 44 of Your Ghost Stories. Today, I'm excited to bring Dave Schrader to the show. Dave has lived a lifetime of paranormal adventures, from ghostly visitations from grandparents at an early age to a Bigfoot sighting when he was 12. He also grew up in a haunted house and had a couple of UFO sightings in Washington in the 2000s. He has hosted popular paranormal radio and podcast shows since 2006, and was also a regular fill-in host on Coast to Coast AM, the popular overnight paranormal talk radio show. He currently hosts the Paranormal 60 podcast and has been a regular fixture on paranormal TV programs for 16 years, with guest spots on shows such as Paranormal State, Ghost Adventures, Paranormal Challenge, Haunted Hospitals, Fright Club with Ghost Brothers and Jack Osborne, and so many more so you would have most likely seen him on your screens or heard him on a podcast. He has just published his first solo book called Theatre of the Mind, Tales from the Darkness, and he joins us today. Your ghost stories. Your ghost stories. Welcome to Your Ghost Stories, Dave. Many people have had paranormal experiences throughout their life. And it's fair to say you've had your fair share, but not many of them pursue a career in this field. Did you actively choose this career path or was it something that happened perhaps led by fate? Yes, (laughs) in all of it. uh, I believe that there was, you know, some of it was from a very young age. Uh, I wanted to do radio so badly when I was a child. I used to contact local radio show hosts, interview them and, and try to pick their brains became friends with many of them. And so I knew radio was in my blood and I grew up surrounded with the paranormal. So when the first chance I got as an adult to marry my two passions came together and Tim reached out to me and said, Hey, I've got a one hour gap every Sunday night to fill on this radio station. Should we do a show together? I said, yeah. And he said, what should our topic be? I said, how about the paranormal? And we were able to bring those two things together. But there's been so many interesting paranormal aspects to how I got into this. Um, I believe that I had either an angel or a ghostly intervention that led me to the radio station at college where I, I first got to, to do radio and met my old co-host, Tim. And, you know, so, so there's been a lot of those different elements all coming to play at once. So I do feel as though it is kind of faded. Oh, very cool. I mean, yeah, so many of the shows and programs that you've been a part of have been such a huge influence on me. Um, I mean, when I was probably from the age of like 15, I was listening to Coast to Coast and watching some of the programs that I previously mentioned. And yeah, so it's just really cool to be here sitting with you and talking to you today. Like, I had no idea my 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 life would kind of lead to the, doing this podcast. Uh, but yeah, here we both are. <laughs> Pretty cool how that happens, right? And I said that some of the fun things that I've had 
occur through this is people that I never thought would come into my orbit, uh, into the gravitational pull of my world. And they have, and some of them are, are some of my favorite people. They're, they're girls, famous actresses. I had huge crushes on growing up have become friends of mine now because of their interest in the paranormal. And I've, I've, been out and hung out and been friends with a couple of them and have exchanged emails and exchanges back and forth with another couple. So it's, that's just kind of a weird, surreal moment. And then I get to do a lot of these uh, conferences where there are uh, mainstream celebrities and finding out that the actor comedian, Dave Foley is big into UFOs and Todd Stashwick uh, from Picard and 12 monkeys and, and so many other great programs is big into Bigfoot and how many of these people are into ghosts and reincarnation. So I've had really intriguing, uh, fascinating opportunities to, to kind of just pick their brain and sit at the bar having a drink, exchanging weird stories together. A little bit off topic, but would you say that you believe in fate? Do you think that our life paths are kind of set out for us? I believe that there is a path. Whether we choose to stay on that path is up to us. And that may be what leaves a lot of people feeling empty and lost. I don't believe that any of us have no fate, that there's we're just here to exist. There are reasons for things that happen. And I again, I don't believe that it's all set in stone. You know, as a, a fan of Doctor Who, uh, realizing there are fixed points in time, I think there is something to that. There are moments that just have to occur. But then what goes on between those moments is our choice. Uh, but those are the defining moments of our lives that kind of turn us and spin us into a route. And we get to choose who we're going to be on that route. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Um, so many different cultures and religions have different uh, and varying opinions on this topic. But um, yeah, it seems like a lot of the time it all kind of leads to one one place. And to me, there is there is a particular reason why we do things and there could be like a fork in the road we could either go left or we could go right and we we kind of choose which life we want to leave we, we want to lead sorry can you tell us a little bit about your latest book theater of the mind tales from the darkness and what readers can expect from that thank you very much for asking about it i'm excited to get this book out and, and available you know it all kind of started when covid first struck i was uh, i had a lot of free time as many of us did and I sat down and I started writing a book about my personal experiences. And, you know, I probably wrote 100, 120 pages into it. And then I kind of, I just took a step back and I was like, I don't know if my stories are compelling enough to interest people. Um, and, and I started questioning everything and questioning my, you know, my place in the world. And, you know, they, is it arrogant to think, People want to read Dave Schrader's stories. So I thought, well, I've, I've written all these other stories, these theater of the mind stories that I used to do on my old podcast that were stories people had spoken to me, told me their stories, or had emailed them to me. I cleaned them up, would present them to them and say, you know, I, I just punched it up a little bit because we would do sound effects and things on there. And I said, so I would, instead of just saying, yeah, as I came home, I would say, as I walked the long, narrow pathway to my home, the sound of the stones crunching under my feet, those would be the little additives I would put in just so that we'd have some sound effects while we were doing the story. And they were great. People were happy with it. And um, it was a great way to share their story and express their story and get it out there. So I went back to the thing that I loved and found all these stories and took them from a scripted form that I had written using their stories 
and then just retranslated them back into a narrative. And I think that, uh, you know, I've got probably enough to do five or six volumes of this book series. And, uh, and I'll probably gather more in the interim over the next couple of years, but it's a good opportunity for people to read a book that doesn't just focus on one thing. You know, you go out, usually there are books on ghosts. There are books on Bigfoot. There are ghosts or books on UFOs or alien abductions in each book. I'm hoping to add stories from a wide variance of topics. In this book, I've got a haunted doll, the bloody bones, man, black eyed kids, time slip phenomena, ghosts, a changeling. So there's kind of a nice myriad of, of, uh, stories creating this beautiful, I think, paranormal tapestry that we're able to, com- you know, communicate with this book. And I'm, you know, it's available on Amazon worldwide so people can pick it up and, uh, and I hope people will enjoy it and enjoy the little campfire tale feel to each story. Very cool. It sounds really exciting. After this call, I'm definitely going to purchase it and have a read. Sounds right up my street. Thank you. Moving back to some of your own stories, mm-hmm. what are some of the most compelling cases or investigations that you've been involved with over the years? Boy, that's tough. You know, I've had many people ask me over the years, what's my favorite location? What's it? You know, it's hard for me to say because every story has such an interesting element to it that it just draws me in. And having had the opportunity to walk in the footsteps of Dr. Hans Holzer when I filmed the Holzer Files, some of those stories were my favorite because like Dr. Holzer, I'm fascinated by history and I'm fascinated by the fact that these spirits seem bent on making sure we get history right. And that we remember their names and we remember the real stories behind them and the experiences that they lived. So, you know, I, the Morris Jumel Mansion in New York, which was uh, a beautiful place. And it's so out of time and out of place for where it exists. You know, here you've got the hustle and bustle of New York City. And there's this just beautiful little plot of land with grass and trees and flowers and bushes. And this house, this grand old manor that... At one time, uh, George Washington used it as a stronghold during the war. And this is where, you know, it was his war room. And, and I got to stand in that room, stand in the place he stood. And, and you just feel the walls breathing and the, the air is alive. It, it wants you to know its story. And I went in not knowing what we were going to come into contact with. The, the famous story surrounding the Morris Jumel Mansion that really put it on the map was the fact that. Back in the 60s, there was a group of children that went with some parents and teachers for a field trip from school. And as they were gathered outside of the building, all playing around, horsing around in the yard, a woman came out on the upper terrace in in period dress and shushed them. They were much too loud. And everybody fell silent. She went back in the house. And then a few moments later, the docent arrived to let them in. And the teachers and parents were embarrassed and they began apologizing for the recklessness and the, the raucous nature of the children. And they didn't mean to bother anybody working there. And she said, well, you know, nobody was here. It's fine. And she said, well, no, you had one of your employees in period dress came on out and shushed us. And the woman gave this quizzical look and said, there's nobody here. I'm the first one in. And she opened the door. And as they all entered the building, there's this beautiful portrait of uh, Mrs. Jamel. And that is who they all saw 
float out onto the veranda there and hush them. Wow. <laughs> so this was not something that just was a one-off. Somebody might have seen something out of the corner of their eye fleeting and they they create a ghost story around it. This was something that an entire group of people, adults and children alike, saw, witnessed, and experienced for themselves. And it just grabbed the imagination of the world. So to be there in that place and then have the story that we uncover unfold which was a complete surprise to us and production and the people that ran the location. They were thinking because Aaron Burr lived there at some point in his life uh, that we were going to do the Hamilton, you know, with the popularity of the musical Hamilton, thinking we're just going to go down that trail. And we were all surprised that none of that came to the foreground. It was something completely different and had more to do with the community and the surrounding community. And that was really powerful to me. So we got to bring in many different elements. We got to touch on the history, the mystery, and then uncover the reality of what was taking place there now. Man, what a place to visit. Like you say, so much history inside those walls. Mm -hmm. I can only begin to imagine the the energy that people can just feel in that. Yeah, the Merchants Museum in New York, where people have been taking the tour and they'll stop and one of the the uh, docents will start telling them the history. And as they leave, they tell the front door people, thank you, your docent upstairs was, was great. And they inform them there was no docent. There is no host upstairs. Um, you know, that's great. The Queen Mary in Long Beach, California has such a rich and varied history. And I'd been on that ship 12, 15 times before. And then with COVID shutting it down, it was the first time since 1967, this grand old ship had been shut down and there was no lifeblood of humanity walking its halls, sleeping in its rooms, enjoying meals in its restaurants. And the ghosts were hungry. They wanted the attention. And we captured a full-on apparition. We captured some of the most compelling EVP, electronic voice phenomena I'd ever heard. Uh, even some items, there were so many things taking place. It, much of it didn't even make the episode. That's how active the Queen Mary was for us. In your opinion, what are some of the most convincing or credible pieces of evidence for the existence of the paranormal that you've come across? Well, the, the Morris Jumel Mansion story was certainly one of them. Uh, in my own world, having filmed on the Holzer Files, there were about four or five episodes where we captured what I think are some of the most compelling video evidence of spiritual activity. These things appearing on camera that you could see physically, you could watch the one manifested in front of our camera. You see this almost this swirl of white, and then it takes this form that almost looks like a woman in a dress or perhaps even an angel. I, I, I can't be certain. And it sweeps around the corner and goes up the stairs. And that blew my mind in another home that we were in. The Franklin Castle in Cleveland, Ohio, this family that had lived there had encountered this little girl spirit and some other spirits throughout the house, but the little girl only made herself known to children. And I, I was, you know, just going crazy. There's three grown adults. How are we going to get this child to come forward? Well, she passed away from complications due to diabetes. And my daughter, I had lost almost a few years earlier to the same situation. So I asked my daughter and she created a video asking two, two little videos, asking five different questions each. And we shared those and we got EVP and response. And later in that episode, capture what we believe is the full apparition of the little girl appearing behind us when we were trying to do a closing ceremony to put the spirits to rest that were in that home. 
So to me, those are two of the finest examples, and I'm so pleased and proud to be a part of those episodes. Incredible stuff. With your wealth of experience and knowledge in this field, Mm -hmm. can you share any insights or theories that you have personally regarding to the nature of ghosts or spirits? You know, many cultures have different opinions on what they may be, but you know, you've, you've, you've been around the block a few times. What, what, what are ghosts? What are spirits? That's the million dollar question. I, I don't have one answer like you and probably many of your listeners. We all came into this with this kind of Hollywoodized version of what a ghost would be. Dave Schrader dies, famous radio show host passes away. Was it murder? Maybe my ghost is here to try to solve its own crime or to let my children know where the key to the safety deposit box is, as if there was some important reason for the spirit to stay behind. And as I've evolved over the 18 years of doing my radio show and speaking to guests from every religious background, every belief system, I've come to believe that there is no one definitive answer to what a ghost is. And I think that it can be many things all at once. I believe in time slip phenomena. And as an example for you and your listeners, I I love this one. And it's been told many times, but it's the easiest to wrap your head around. Gentleman reached out to me, said, explain this to me. My parents or my grandparents bought a cornfield. There was no battleground there. There was no ancient burial site there. It was a cornfield. They built their house in this area, transferred the entire or transformed the entire area into, you know, a a beautiful homestead. And nobody died there. There was no tragedy. There was no tragedy near there. And then one day, grandma was sitting there watching Jeopardy at three o'clock in the afternoon on TV. And three shadowy figures in broad daylight walked into the room, stopped in front of her, and then turned and ran out of the room. Where do these ghosts come from, Dave? I said, I don't know. That's hard to say. And you're sure that that her mental acuity was okay. She didn't have visual issues because the eyes can make mistakes. You know, they found out the the, the ghost in the machine theory. The gentleman, you know, the scientist working in the field was seeing strange disturbances till he realized the fan on his desk was blowing and creating ripples in the moisture on his eyes, which were giving him false positives to believing he was seeing things. So he, he promised me, no, Dave, she was quick as a whip. She was very on it. Wasn't, hadn't lost her mind, but now we all just accepted her house as being haunted. He goes, this is where it gets really weird. About two years later, my grandmother had passed away. And I went to visit my grandfather and I came with two of my friends and we walked into the living room, the three of us, and there sitting in my grandmother's chair was my grandmother's ghost, just sitting forward, watching the TV. And the three of us looked at each other and ran out of the room. And he said, and it was then that it hit me. This is exactly what my grandmother saw. So in that moment, who was haunting who, when grandma was sitting there two years prior watching TV and these three shadowy figures walked in looked at her turn and ran out of the room. And then two years later, they walk into the room, the three of them and see the ghost of their grandmother and turn around and run out of the room. That's time slip phenomena. I think very rarely, but it happens. We get to see through that veil of time, sometimes extremely clearly. Sometimes all we represent are shadowy figures on people's eyes. So I think there are so many different elements to this. I think we're also capable of so much And humanity just doesn't give ourselves enough credit. So things that we think are paranormal may not be. They may be internal projections, audio projections, visual projections, 
thought projections from us ourselves. What a crazy experience. Right. With technology and everything, I've said this a million times on my show, but with the way the world's going and technology, I think we are so out of touch with our spiritual sides and we've kind of lost that sixth sense sense over the years, Mm -hmm. you know, back even a hundred years ago or um, definitely before that when people were a lot more primitive, we, we just seem to be able to connect so much more with nature, with spirituality. But we still do. We still do. And people just have to take notice because if you think about it, how many times have you been sitting there for hours doing nothing, watching TV, whatever, and you reach over to your phone thinking of your mom or your good friend and you pick up the phone and as soon as you pick it up, a text comes through from them, right? That happens. So we are still connected. I think we may have just doled it a little bit and, and we don't give it the credit that it's due, that this was pretty cool, that we had this connection that in that moment, I pick up the phone as the moment that they called me. That connection had already started long before that phone text or call came through. So I think that it does exist. We just have to be more aware of it. I like to think of it as kind of radio signals or radio waves. Mm -hmm. And we're just kind of just out of tune from from that frequency. And yeah, maybe we are just in some kind of simulation. And these are just little glitches in the matrix. But like you say, who really who really knows the answer? But that's why we do this, right? The unknown is just so bloody fascinating. Doesn't that feel kind of disingenuous to us as humanity, though, that let's just dismiss it. And I'm not putting this on you at all. There's many people that believe this glitch in the matrix thing. And even uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson and some of the other um, major scientists have made comments of, I'm not sure we're not living in some kind of simulation. But to me, that feels like it dehumanizes us a little bit, as though this is all stuff that's just happening that we have no control over. I believe we do have control. From a very early age, six, seven years old, I loved the paranormal. I loved radio. I believe I manifested my future. It took a while to get there. So for many of your listeners that think, oh, yeah, just focus on something and it'll come, it will, maybe not in the timeline you want it, but it will come. I used to visualize doing radio shows, pretend to do radio shows with my old tape recorders, do these things. And and life found a way to get me there. And I just had to pay attention. And when I needed a little nudge, it gave me one. I was at college, my first time away from home, kind of lost to the world and able to drink and be an idiot. And, and I, you know, I had my group of friends that I lived with in this house. And one day they said, Dave, you got to get out. You got to go meet people, man. You can't just hang out in the house in class. You go meet someone. And I literally walked out the door that day and saw a beautiful little blonde in the, in the 1980s wearing, you know, 80 short shorts and a ponytail. And I thought, well, there's a friend I'd like to make. And I followed her across campus to see where she was heading off to and figured I'd fi- try to find a way to make conversation and followed her into the performing arts center, followed her up the flight of stairs, followed her down a long corridor and into the last door on the left, she turned. And when I went down to that last door on the left, there was a sign that said KQAL, your radio alternative, now seeking on-air talent. I thought, well, this is great. Maybe I'll get to work with the beautiful blonde. And I went in the room and I was met with a group of employees who were very kind to me, walked me through the process and hired me on the spot, told me I could start tomorrow with training. And I was so excited to get that opportunity. And then I asked, there was a blonde that I walked in here. She was just a few seconds ahead of me. And they all gave each other a quizzical look and said, Dave, if there was a cute blonde, do you think we'd be standing here talking to you? And we all had a good laugh. 
And I said, well, maybe she went out through one of the side doors. There is no side door, Dave. This is it. So fate nudged me to where I needed to go, delivering something that it knew I would follow. Right. <laughs> so I, I followed a cute blonde across campus in 1988 and it led me to uh, my radio and, and that kept me in that loop. And that led me to the friends I made and the friend I made with Tim Dennis, who lo and behold, 20 years later would have an opening at a radio station. We'd stayed friends and he'd say, Hey, let's do a show together. What do you want to talk about? And we had talked paranormal as friends for years. Let's do the paranormal. And we launched. Yeah, I, I don't believe in coincidences. And I really do believe everything happens in our life for a reason, as cheesy as that sounds. Mm -hmm. You know, like like synchronicities happen when I feel like I've had so many throughout my life, especially in the last years when I, when I, I guess I'd call it some kind of spiritual awakening. Right. But yeah, it really makes you feel, you know, some people describe it as deja vu or, you know, that, that that's another thing that potentially happens when you're on the right path or your life's moving in the direction it's meant to use. But maybe all of this goes back to kind of what you said earlier, reincarnation. And maybe we're just not human after all. Maybe we're just souls or entities. Uh, but yeah, again, there's so many different theories on this. Right. And, and that's the beauty to me is I don't need one fixed answer to make me feel complete. I love the fact that it's always evolving it's interesting to me. I don't know what comes next, uh, but I'd love to hear it. And I love hearing other people's thoughts and ideas on uh, the paranormal as well. And so many people, I don't remain closed off to them. I remain open to the possibilities of what could happen. And just because my experience doesn't align with yours doesn't mean yours is wrong. So I like to expand my horizons and understand what what other options are out there? What other things we should consider? And I think that's where growth comes from. And that's what keeps me so fascinated and interested in this field. Right. I think it's so, so important to have an open mind in this life. How do you deal with skepticism and criticism in this field? I try not to let it bother me because honestly, I'm on my own journey. And it's like the old saying goes, not my monkeys, not my circus. I don't need to prove to you or anyone the experiences I've had. And I don't need my guests on my show to prove to me their experiences. I think it's a fun opportunity to think outside of the mindset we focus on every day of getting up, showering, brushing our teeth, having our breakfast, getting in the car, going to work, coming home, paying some bills, watching TV, going to bed. There's more to life than just that. So I like to try to be that, that place for people to go where they can feel safe, talk about the strange, realize that there's a community around them. And that's what I do with my show, The Paranormal 60. And in America, we're live Mondays and Wednesday nights on YouTube. And then the episodes live there in perpetuity. But you can watch the chats and see people sharing and opening up. And sometimes it's the first time they've ever spoken or shared these concepts. And I love that people feel that security and safety. And I love the fact that they can say, "I my experience was like that, but I don't believe it was this, Dave. I believe it was that. And I can go, wow, yeah, I never even thought of that. That was never even in my brain. But now it's a new, fresh way to look at these things and maybe start to gather more information. And we'll all know the answer someday when it's our turn to cross over. We'll know for certain, whether it's a matrix, um, all in the imagination of some child, or 
is it a real experience and is there a heaven and a hell and an earth and all of this? We'll, we'll find that all out one day. But until then, let's enjoy the journey and challenge ourselves to wonder and engage the imagination. I love that. You are a true ambassador for the community. On that note, Dave, what do you hope to achieve or discover through your ongoing work in the paranormal field? I, you know, that's, that's another great question and it's tough. I can't just pinpoint it to one or two things. I think I just mentioned it to you. It's the fact of learning along with people. I never want to be considered the expert on any one subject. I'd like to be known as knowledgeable, but malleable. And that I can go into a conversation believing one thing and have you help me reshape that thought process to see things through a different lens. And if anything, I would hope that someday my legacy is, is that people, as they listen to my old radio shows that will live in, in cyberspace for eternity, I, I hope that they find that they can take that journey along with this friend, this voice who doesn't cast judgment or aspersions and welcomes the strangeness and, and is excited by those moments. And that's what I really hope people find and, and get from dealing with me, either from the TV shows I've been a part of or the radio shows I've been a part of or the books that I write. So you are about to release your book, which I can't wait to dive into. But what is next for you in your journey throughout the world of the supernatural? I'm constantly on the road traveling. I'm going to be in the UK this year in September at the Festival of the Unexplained. I will be one of the speakers there. And I encourage people, come on out, have a good time with us. It's like a three or four day paranormal convention. Shane Pittman, Cindy Keza, and myself all from the TV show, The Holzer Files. And of course, Cindy and I also did the TV show, Ghosts of Devil's Perch. We're going to be on hand. Uh, there's a lot of great guests that are going to be talking about every different aspect of the paranormal. And then I travel all around the United States and around the world, meeting people, having conversations, leading presentations. Nothing right now for TV. I'm just focused on my writing, my travel, and uh, doing the radio show. Whereabouts is the Festival of the Unexplained? I've not actually heard about that, but would love to come and check it out and potentially say hi in person. I am the worst when it comes to remembering all of the names. Uh, That's what Google's for, right? Right, exactly. Uh, a festival of the unexplained. I'm trying to pull it up here as we as we chat, so I can tell you where the location. It's at Bosworth Hall, and uh, let me see if it tells me what that means in in relation to where it's actually uh, located. Um, but Bosworth Hall. This is my second year attending, and I met so many lovely people, and they have vendors. Um, mediums, uh, tarot readers, uh, people talking about ghosts and aliens and, and the paranormal. And it's a chance to meet some of these people that you've watched on TV or read their books. Uh, Bosworth Hall Hotel and Spa. Oh, yeah. Is, just, just outside of Birmingham. I'm just looking. It's not actually too far from me. So, yeah, I'll definitely look into that. Right. Yeah. And there's tickets and different, you can put together kind of these cool little packages for yourself. So you can come in at, at the cheap or you can build out full packages and get to do and see and experience a lot more. So there's pretty much a price for everybody. That oh, sounds very exciting. And yeah. finally, Dave, I know you're a busy guy. So where can our listeners uh, of my show come and find more about you and your journey? My show is called The Paranormal 60. And not because I'm 60 years old. I haven't hit that limit yet. <laughs> the goal was to try to have a quick, fun 60-minute show. There are some days that it goes 65 minutes. Some days it goes 90 minutes. I call those the director's cuts. 
but you can uh, you can watch and listen on YouTube at the Paranormal 60 channel where you'll actually get to see me talking with my guests. Um, and if you're more of a podcast listener, you can subscribe to the Paranormal 60 podcast. And I have a whole network there. So uh, like on Mondays, you get the uh, New England Legends show with um, Jeff Belanger and Ray Azure. On Tuesdays, you get the Paranormal 60. On Wednesday, you get the Monsters Lounge. On Thursday, you get the Paranormal 60 News. And on Friday, you get uh, True Hauntings podcast coming from Australia. So I try to build a nice little network of different shows, different topics, and different hosts. So you can listen and kind of take a journey in many different routes. Well, yeah, we'll leave some links in the description of this show. So I'd totally encourage everybody to go check out some, some more of Dave's work. Your ghost stories. Your ghost stories. It's been such a pleasure and an honor to have you on, Dave. And I really do wish you all the best with your career. And hopefully, maybe this year, I'll come to the spa at Bosworth Hall and say hello. But yeah, that'd be great. That would be great. And I'll have copies of my books. I'll be signing and meeting and greeting. It's free hugs and free photos if you show up. So uh, I encourage everybody to get out, have a little fun and enjoy the uh, conference with us. So thank you so much for your time and all of your listeners out there. May the darkness be just a little bit more light with the information you hear on this show and on shows like this. And I hope that you live a life worth experiencing. And if you're at that point where you don't know where you belong, find that point. And it's always in those spaces in between that life has lived. And I hope you find those spaces. Very wise and poetic words. What a pleasure, Dave. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you.